0: I'm Tom Caron. On this episode of the Ness and My Story podcast, former Red Sox pitcher Manny Del Carmen joins current Red Sox hurler Eduardo Rodriguez to discuss Erod's childhood in Venezuela and how Johan Santana and Pedro Martinez helped guide his path to the majors.
1: For me, the struggle was learning English ask questions, like how you say this, how you call this. I just learned to go to McDonald's or something like that, and I just was saying, can I get number one? Can I get number two?
0: And always exciting when somebody makes their Major League debut.
1: Call me like, you got traded to Boston.
0: Tonight, it's Eduardo Rodriguez.
1: But I was more thinking of my family, what I gotta do now, because this is the first time it happened to me.
0: Rodriguez
1: with another strikeout. Same goal, just a new team and doing everything and starting to know everybody over there. Struck him out. And get to the point where I was really excited to be part of the Rex. I had the opportunity to start the game the World Series
0: e has been outstanding, he's given you everything you want.
1: That was really special for me. When I had those bad gains and all that... I just want to get on my car and get back home because as soon as I see my kids coming, like, daddy, daddy, you're mad, or whatever you are, when you see they smiling at you, that's when everything goes, goes away.
2: I know it might be a little bit difficult, and I know a lot of people might not know the situation in Venezuela. Like, how hard is it for you to be here and seeing the stuff that you see on TV and and, you know, try to keep your head leveled when that's going on in Venezuela?
1: It's kind of hard. You know, I mean, every time you see the phone, you go to social media, you go on Instagram, Twitter, everywhere you go, and you you see a lot of different things. You see people dying. You see everything. Everything will happened down there. People, people eating eating on the street. You know, what I mean, eating like from the trash and all that. It's kind of it's kind of hard to to watch. You know, what I mean, especially if my family's on it. They safe right now because I send them money and all that. But but it's kind of hard to to be on the side. You know, what I mean, to to be on the point when you can do something. You know, what I mean, so.
2: How often do you get to talk to your family over there?
1: I talk to them every day, every day to my mom, my brother, my father, and talk to them almost every day through, like, WhatsApp, you know, you know just call them or FaceTime them. But the, the electricity is, like, off in the whole country and all that. But at least they have the charges and charge the, the phones in the, in the car and all that. But it's kind of crazy down there right now.
0: Growing up in Venezuela in the 90s, Erod turned to baseball, where an injury changed his course. You
2: were a natural righty. Mm-hmm. Is that is that mm-hmm. true? Yeah. Tell me through that because I mean, it said that you broke your arm and then you started just picking up a ball left-handed and it just stuck. so as I was a little kid, I would say
1: like size so I know, like five, six year old, um, I was I was a right I was a right-hander. Played baseball like a little just like every little kid and everything. When I get to seven year old, I was playing I was playing in the on the backyard of my house in Venezuela with my with my sister, my cousin, and, and my brother and. I was getting up in a truck and it was wet, it was raining, you know what I mean, you know how in the Latin, oh, Latin kids we are, we're <laughs> we playing under the rain and all that. And I was getting up in the truck and I fell and, and I broke my, my right shoulder. So, like, I passed like two years with the cast. you know what I mean, getting like treadmill, getting like, you know what I mean, like, try to fix it and everything. And I get to the point where I can move my shoulder farther than this. And the doctor told me like, you do not gonna play baseball no more, cause you, you're never gonna get your own straight. But it was kind of those kids, like I like to do everything. You know what I mean, they, go, they like to go around, they, they don't like to sit on the sides and all that. So playing soccer, basketball, everything. And then like three or five, like five months, six months after that happened, and I, I, pick I started picking like rugs and everything and we you throw it to, to the mangoes and all that. You know what I mean? To try to
2: <laughs> the get it through. Yeah, to the Like everything
1: you find, you throw it to a or like whatever, animals and things like that. So I try to pick it up with the right. I was throwing really bad, but I get like I passed like two, three years. Tried to get this back, so I was doing everything with this, and and then when I get to the point where my shoulder was a straight, I pick a right, I pick a left-hander glove, and I start throwing with this, and I can still throw with my right, but because of that happened, the doctor told me like don't throw balls with that anymore, and that's why I started throwing and get back to the point where well, I can be a right Well, we're glad you did, because oh, yeah. obviously
2: you know it worked out oh, for yeah. you.
1: What was your favorite player growing up? Johan Santana. Yeah, that's easy to say. Easy, like, say. So lefty, lefty. Lefty, lefty. It wasn't it was a little kid. My father always taught me about him. And then I had the opportunity to meet him in, in Baltimore uh, when he signed with him. Had the opportunity to be him with them because I was invited to the spring training, to the big spring training. And I had the experience to, to spend two months with, like, more and a half with him over there.
0: That quality time was something that former Baltimore GM Dan Duquette thought would be beneficial in Eduardo's development.
3: We made a point to make sure that um, Santana spent a lot of time with Erod because he was a mentor to him. He could help him learn his job and he could help him learn the things that it would take to pitch at a high level and uh, being from the same country I knew that Erod had looked up to him. So so we made sure that happened. And, and uh, you know, it looks like it's been beneficial for him.
1: I go to his house sometimes during spring training like two or three times. I got his phone number, called him sometimes, so we had a pretty good relationship.
2: When you got here from Venezuela, what were some of the things that you struggled with when you first got here? When I first got here 2011, uh, for
1: me the struggle was learning um, learn English. That was, the, that, was, that was what I was really struggling with.
3: When we had him with the Orioles, of course we signed him when he was 16 years old, and he had to go through all the adjustments along the way but he was attentive he was alert and you know he paid attention along the way to learn the language to do what he had to do as a pitcher and to learn his job. It was
1: funny because that year I just learned to go to McDonald's or something like that and I just was saying can I get number one can I get number two see the see the number on the on the little board they had over there I was like, it's two dollars, three dollars okay now you see the number three and you give it four and then I get the change and all that but that's what I think was the the biggest struggle for me when I get here the first time, learning learning the language here.
2: You speak it well today. So who helped you as you went up to get to the big leagues?
1: Uh, I will say like everybody. In, I mean, in in Baltimore and here because um, I was kind of those guys because the problem that most of the Latin guys have is they're being scared to ask questions because they, they they thinking like okay, this guy's gonna make fun of me if I say you bad or if I say it wrong, then and they thinking that way, but. I don't was thinking that way. Was thinking on ask questions like how you say this, how you call this. Hey, can you say it again? And can, do I say it right? Do I say it, Can I say it again? And everything, things like that. So that's how I learn how to speak better English.
0: The Baltimore Orioles signed Rodriguez in 2010 as an international free agent. Three years later, Erod's personal and professional lives converged.
2: How is it being a father and how is having kids changed your life? Uh, when my, my daughter,
1: she born in 2013, I was in high A, Frederick, Frederick, Maryland. It was kinda hard for me because we was in a house family, living in a house family, and I got called up to double-A. But I was lucky because double a, you know, Frederick from Frederick to Bowie it was like an hour and, and a half. So I was driving almost every day. You know what I mean? In the day when, when my daddy was born, it was that was the that was the I would say the the more funny and hardest part because that day was a, was a, we was playing a uh, Saturday and we was driving we was driving to big big town or something. Like that. It was like nine hours, nine hours far away. Like it's like far away. You're not gonna get on time to see the baby born. She was supposed to be born when we came back. So we're going to be in the road trip for five days, four days, and, and she's going to born when we get on the way back. So that Saturday, I went to the, I went to the ballpark in the morning because I got to drive like an hour and a half every day. So I started driving like 11. And my wife said, man, I feel something. You know what I mean, I feel like maybe the baby's coming baby today. She went to the hospital. We'll start again. and um And the pitching coach there, he told me, hey, just get your phone, have it on your packet. And if she's, if she's going to be born, let me know, and we'll send you back home. And um so on the second or third inning she told me that the the nurse told, the, told her that the baby's gonna come, so tell her husband to come here. And Dan Duque, he was the he was a GN over there and he was watching the game on that day. I just happened to be at the ball game that he was at. And I tell
3: him I gotta go I gotta go
1: because my baby's coming.
3: It's important for all those guys to be there. Uh and this was his first child, so you know, as an organization you know, we were there to accommodate him. Drive me in the hospital. He, up, he he went inside with me for a little bit. I dropped off E-Rod, and he was there for the birth of his child, so it was terrific. He drive
1: me all the way there. So that's what I think was the harder part for me for my first. My second son was a little easier because I was on the big league. And I mean, there was a Miami, but I just, you know what I mean? When you know the day, you spend a flight, and you fly all the way down to Miami. But I think she was a little harder because of that.
3: We didn't want to give up that kind of talent, uh, but we were going for the pennant, and Andrew Miller was a piece that we thought would be vital. It's an interesting uh, trade, because we offered just about every other pitcher in our organization to the Red Sox. Uh, but Ben Charrington was very persistent, and he had identified that he wanted Erod to be in the trade.
1: I was in double eight. I was like nine hours away from from Bowie, which is double A from Baltimore.
3: Finally, at the last 11th hour, we relented, and I called up Ben, I said, anybody else? And he said, nope. And I said, okay, uh, you, you're gonna get your extortion piece. You're gonna get, a, a, you can have E-Rod, and you know, we want Andrew Miller.
1: They called me like, I was at like 12, they say that hey, you got traded to Boston, and you know, like everything they say and all those things that they told me that day. But I was more thinking of my family because my wife and my daughter was back in Bowie, so I was thinking, what I gotta do now? Because this is the first time it happened to me, and then you know, I was just thinking all that, and then they give me, they give me two days. So I fly, I'm I, I get all the way back to Bowie, and I start driving all the way to Portland. But when I get to when I get to Portland, then uh, then I switch everything up, and, every, and I don't know it's a new team, same goal, just a new team, and doing everything, and start knowing everybody over there and get to the point where I was really excited to be part of the Red Sox, you know I mean?
2: You played in Portland. I mean, I played in Portland back in my day. And did that give you an indication how Fenway Park was going to be? Because Portland is a packed house all the time, mm-hmm. you know? So did that Did that show you exactly how big the Red Sox was, even in the minor league system going up? And did it prepare you when you got to Boston?
1: It was crazy because the first my first start on, um, on Portland there was uh, Nelson was having that game on too. That you know when they do like yeah. a minor league, when they got up, we got off from the big leagues, they do the minor league.
0: The organizational debut of Eduardo Rodriguez, the left-handed pitcher obtained from the Baltimore Orioles, called strike three.
1: They was having that game too. The whole stadium was packed, like you say. See the little like, that little green monster they had over there, and like, I was like, is this like we think we part like this too, or like? I got to see how it is.
0: Nice ovation here at Hadlock Field as Eduardo Rodriguez goes five and a third innings, seven strikeouts in his first appearance in the Red Sox organization.
1: Page of that game over there, then I went to Potolkin uh, the same year, we win the, the championship. It was kind of crazy then when I get to the big leagues different. Right, man.
2: How much of a privilege to have Louis on Pedro Martinez, all these, you know, legendary guys that you see every day that you can pick their brain about anything, like, how how lucky how special do you feel? Man, I mean,
1: I know Pedro and eyes. I got traded here in 2000, I know Pedro in 2014 when I get traded, and he was, he went to Portland, two games, and I met him over there. The next year I get it here in spring training, it, and, and I know Tian too. And they would start talking all the time, you know what I mean, and had the opportunity to have them here every time, in Boston too. Uh, every time they wanna say something to me, I just ask them questions, how they were pitching, how they approached guys and all that, so it's really, it's really special to have them over here. The Red Sox
2: have won the World Championship. 2018 World Series champions, uh, 108 wins. Talk a little bit about that and how that, how that year went for you and for the team, and like how excited like were you?
1: I mean, for the team, um, side days one on the side one on, in the spring training, uh, we all went we all was together. I mean, the whole season was was really fun for us because like you say, we win all those games. We win 108 games on the regular season and. Most of the part was winning, 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 winning. You know, when doing a team who win games, we winning a lot of games like that, and it was really fun to see JD, Mookie, see everybody go out there, hit the ball, having fun. You know? I mean, that's a, that's, a, that's the best part to be a baseball player when you're having fun. And for me, it was, it was really good uh, at the beginning. Then I got then I got injured in my ankle. I had the opportunity to be on the roster for the playoff, We it against the Yankees. We against the Houston. and had the opportunity to start again the, the World Series. That was really special for me.
3: Swings and doesn't get it. Strike three, worked them down and in the changeup. Game
2: three, mm-hmm. you come in and relieve after Porcello, mm-hmm. I think he threw six, not even ten pitches. Nine pitches, yeah. To be able to come back the next night and pitch as well as you did.
3: Left-hander Eduardo Rodriguez gets the ball, he'll start tonight for Boston. Inside corner, got him looking, strike three.
2: How did you tell Corey I want the ball, I'm ready to go?
1: After I'm pitched and everything, I'm 18 innings, the whole game. When you're a starter, you day four, you just playing catch, or sometimes I was the guy who got throw like, like a little bullpen on my day four, was like 10, 15 pitches, so it feels really good. I was feeling more normal and all that, but that day when, when everybody was getting out of the, the clubhouse and passed by by himself, and I said, give me the ball tomorrow, I'm pitching. Just give me the ball, and he was laughing at it, and then then like three hours after that, he texted me and say, you're pitching tomorrow, and, and the next day in the morning, we had like a little breakfast on the, on the hotel, and, and he told me, you're pitching today, okay, so be ready, and, and I was ready for that.
2: You win. Mm-hmm. What do you do personally like to celebrate?
1: After we 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 all go into the to get the trophy, you know what I mean we were celebrating over there. Like the sooner I do that, I see Pedro on the side, and I just go straight to it, and, and we be a hug, and we say we did it, and he say to me we did it, kid. Hi-oh. Then after that, they bring the whole family and run to my wife and my kids. It was really special.
2: Right, so ha- having your family there, you know, is important. You know, you guys mm-hmm. play all year round. Mm-hmm. Travel, mm-hmm. away from the family, like like how hard is that sometimes?
1: It is really hard, you know. What I mean during the playoff was a little easier for us because they were they was with us all the time to the through the whole to the whole playoff. But during the season it's kinda hard because sometimes, you know, what I mean they they stay back at home, they can make some road trips and all that, but but it's kinda it's kinda difficult for everybody. Like whoever have family, you know what I mean, they have kids and all that, you spend like sometimes you spend weekend weeks, months without seeding and But it's it's good when we have it on the playoff because they're all there with you, you know what I mean? And you have it around you in that special moment, which is a
0: playoff. A long journey for Eduardo Rodriguez from Venezuela to Boston. His family continues to give him perspective.
2: We have good days, we have bad days. You pitch good, some days we pitch bad, but you get home and you see your kids. Like, it didn't matter how bad, of a okay, game I had when I got home and I saw my kids, it it throws everything away. Like, how, how does it feel to get home and just see those faces?
1: Yeah, for me, it's, for me, it's, it's like it's like the, that part with you I mean, when you come in hot, you just jumping on the on the cold tub. You know, what I mean, you're like pff, everything is like calm and and peace. You know, what I mean, that's how I feel like when I have those bad games and all that. Just wanna, I just wanna get on my car and get back home because as soon as I see my kids coming, like daddy, daddy, that's, that's when everything goes, goes away, you know what I mean? You're mad or whatever you are, when you see they smile on you, everything the Same thing when, when I'm in the road, you know what I mean? I just, just wanna get on my phone, FaceTime them, and talk to them, and that, that's what I think is like, how the balance, you know what I mean, in between like, like between your life. Like, this is going bad, but this is going good, so everything is like right there. If this is going bad, this is good, you know what I mean? Everything can be on the same Always level. Always balance. mm mm-hmm. And in
0: 2019, he found that perfect balance. Posting a 19-6 and six record while racking up 213 strikeouts. A promising glimpse into the next chapter of Eduardo Rodriguez's story. My story is part of the Nessun Podcast Network. The home for New England sports.